Today's episode of Beyond the Mask is presented by the insurance specialists at BrightThink Wealth Strategies. Find the disability insurance coverage that fits you best right now. Email Robert Smith at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. The show is also made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. Get a free consultation today to be guided through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Just visit crnafinancialplanning.com. We'd also like to thank Helping Hands and OSA EMR for their support of the show. And don't forget, listening to our podcast can earn you Class B credits. For more information on how you can submit them, check out the CE Credit tab on our website, beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Welcome to Beyond the Mask, innovation and opportunities for CRNAs with Jeremy Stanley and Sharon Pierce. We know you spend your day caring for your patient's best interests. On our show, we want to care for you. Join us as we leave the operating room and learn the latest in the CRNA industry. Beyond the Mask starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, Welcome to Beyond the Mask. I'm Jeremy Stanley, and I've been working with CRNAs for over 23 years, and I'm married to one. And my co-host is... Sharon Pierce. Sharon's a practicing CRNA for over 20 years, a past president of the ANA, the NCANA, and she's held many other leadership roles. As usual, our goal with every episode is to educate and enlighten CRNAs, and I think our topic today is definitely going to do that. And Sharon, what time is it? It's time to wake up, Jeremy. I think it is. Hey, Sharon. Well, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm Mr. good on this Stanley. marathon day that we're having in, in the podcast room at the <laughs> AANA annual congress meeting. You're holding up pretty well. Yeah. No. I'm not wearing you out this time. It's the time. first day, right? So. Well, that is true. By tomorrow <laughs> um, evening, you'll be worn out. Yeah, tomorrow out. evening, we'll be worn out. But That's know. after the foundation event tonight. That's right, which we will be there. Ah, so excited. Supporting. You're on the foundation board of trustees and thank you for your service well you're welcome i followed in your footsteps madam president yes i did serve (laughs) on the board of trustees for a while it's a great organization it is it is they do great work and glad to be part of it and uh i'm finally a friend for life yes you are yeah you have to die but (laughs) yeah you know hey that's a friend for life, you know. Oh, well, why don't you explain friend for life real quickly? So friend for life is you either make a donation during your lifetime or you leave them as beneficiary of $25,000 to the foundation and you become a friend for life for the foundation. And um, it's very much appreciated. You get the recognition of that, obviously. But more than that, you're supporting nurse anesthesia in the future and uh, all the CRNAs out there who benefit from the foundation absolutely uh, that was that was a really good elevator <laughs> speech that you just did so yeah so support your foundation absolutely and, do great uh, work yeah and you're my financial advisor so you just made it happen for me that's right just call me up and we'll change that beneficiary real quick yeah and lorraine <laughs> jordan said it's about time sharon i said you might as well thank jeremy because he's like it's about time sharon <laughs> and took care of it but we have a great guest today. We do, we do. <laughs> and this is a topic we've kind of broached on mm-hmm. before, but I think it deserves a lot more attention. And Peter Callio is with us today. 
Hello there. Thank and you for having me. We're glad that you're here. And why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your background? Sure. Um, well, I have a few hats right now. And one is I'm the executive director for Avana, which is the Association of VA Nurse Anesthetists. Um, been involved in that organization for my entire VA career, which is 20 years I work out of. Clinically, I work out of the VA in Milwaukee, Zablocki VA in Milwaukee. I'm part-time now there, and I am the associate program director for Rosalind Franklin University here in Chicago. Oh. And, um, and spent time in the Navy as reservist for 10 years. Um, and kind of like my dual role of teaching and clinically working for the VA as Get well. Get both sides. Get both sides. It's really... <laughs> so I, I'm able to actually <clears throat> clinically coordinate stu- our own students at the VA. It's one of our rotation sites. Great. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you for your service. And thank you thank for you. giving back to the CRNA community for sure. And we're going to be talking about VA CRNA practice and kind of what the direction... That is going in. I mean, it's been a hot topic for a little while now. Yep. Um, And, you know, I've heard a lot of CRNA say, as the the VA goes. So goes. So goes the rest of the practice. And and I think that's where a lot of the anxiety lies with um, people who oppose CRNA practice. Right. Um, And. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's, they worry that if the VA falls, so falls everybody Which is the largest healthcare system System. in the United States, We have 1,100 CRNAs that work for the VA right now. Wow, I didn't realize it was that many. It is quite a a few. Wow. Um, And about the same amount of physician anesthesiologists that work at the VA. We're going to talk about that. We are. We are. Because that seems a little uh, backwards to me. But why don't we talk about, you know, the practice currently in the VA, and then we'll kind of go from there. Well, I think I'd start with a quote, and that is, if you've been to one VA, you've been to one VA. <laughs> because there, it really runs the gambit of practice scenarios, and anywhere from CRNA-only practice um, to very, very directed one-to-one mm. practice. And, um, and that's something that, that really is kind of a, a huge problem within the VA, both fiscally and access-wise, which is you know, one of the reasons we, we want to we talk about those things. All right. Now I'm going to back up for just a minute. How many uh, CRNAs are members of your association, Avana? Right now, about f- we just kind of crossed the 400 mark. Um, we have we have what we call dark sites where we have <laughs> nobody, um, right, right. Because they've kind of and they're probably not members of AANA as well. Sure. Um, and and that's and that's something that we're we're working very hard to rectify. But when when I came into the board of directors, I think we had 125 members. Oh wow! So in the last four years, we've we've done a lot of great things, and that's shown that. We're making our voices heard in Washington, and that's kind of where, you know, what our whole goal was. was you know, if you're not at the table, you're on the menu. You're on the menu. Well, it's it's fairly Herculean what you guys have been able to accomplish with so few people, and I would suspect uh, your budget's not too awesome either. No, it's yeah. not. It's not too awesome. No. <laughs> but we've done. We've done. We've got great people on our board, and we've always have, and especially in the last. In the last four years, we've had just amazing people that are that are focused and goal directed, and and have really moved this organization in the right direction. Well, our rising president of the AANA, Angie Mund, was president of, of this Anna. association. Absolutely. Also. Yep. Yeah. 
So why do so many VAs have one-to-one supervision? I mean, it, it just seems very archaic to me in this environment that that's still the case. It's funny because I think if you would you would if you looked at where those sites are, it's probably the sites that you would think potentially would have the closer medical direction, and that's the university-based sites. So it's the, actually uh, the larger facilities within the VA. Hmm. You can pretty much guarantee that they're going to be hmm. very very M- MD heavy mm-hmm. at, at those at those sites. And why is that? That's a great question. Because it, from from a fiscal perspective, it makes no sense. No sense. Yeah. From a taxpayer perspective, it makes no sense. From an access perspective, it makes no sense. Right. Right. And you you know we hear these stories of closing down a room because a CRNA had you know isn't available. Right. Yet you've got twenty five MDs sitting around, and you know especially at some of these bigger sites where where they do have the one to one. I can say where I work, it's it's not that at all. I mean, this is again where where we have one to one scenarios are 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 a lot of these big university based hospitals, and and I'm at a, I'm at one of those university based hospitals, but we've been able to basically follow the directives of anesthesia practice within the VA, mm. which discourages one to one. So there's documented directive that discourages that sort of practice but it still occurs every day. Now, are the faci- oh, the location of the facilities does it in any way mirror the region around you with the civilian practice? No. Oh, they just make up their own rules. It's Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So what's the leadership structure for CRNA practice in the VA? <laughs> Does all of that just come from uh, facility bylaws? I think if you, you look at the CRNA group within the VA, we've always been sort of the, the orphan child. Red-headed mm-hmm. stepchild. Yeah. You know, it's always been that. Even when the full practice authority mandate came through for advanced practice nurses within the VA, mm-hmm. we were quickly and silently removed from that. Um, I don't know. It seemed pretty loud to me. It was, yeah, it was pretty loud. At I, was, <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, I was president when we, some of this was going well, on, and we thought we were putting it to bed, and that was the, in 2015. We did as well, and, and it was very disappointing. Um, but you know, the loud voices and, and, you know, trying to, and obviously voices that were not really telling the, the true story of what, mm-hmm. we, what we really do. Right. And so we, at that point, we, Havana kind of said, we're going to take the high road and we're going to basically go to show what we can do and be part of a solution and not be part of a problem. And, um, it just so happened that the chief nurse of the VA for the last few years was a nurse that I knew in Milwaukee. She was the chief nurse at, in Milwaukee for a while and helped. Uh. was very, very pro-nurse and pro-CRNA at that point and um, helped us with some little victories in, in Milwaukee. And um, Beth Taylor was was very, very significant person in, in us having a voice in D.C. And... Um, introduced us to Undersecretary Stone and you know all, all of you know people that that, want, that wanted to hear from us because they hadn't really heard from our side mm-hmm. of things. They heard a lot of negative things 
about cRNA practice from another group, but not from, not, they had never heard from us. And we sat down and we're like, well, this is what we do. This is our training. This is, this is the outcome data. This, we were showing them all those things that there, you know, right. there is no difference in outcomes, you know, on provider type. And, and no one can show that there is. And, um, and then, you want, then, then they started asking for information from us. And so then the dialogues began. They wanted information and practice. And because truthfully, I don't think they knew what was going on from an anesthesia perspective. As far as leadership goes within the VA, we're, we're not under nursing, which is uh, different. Hmm. And we're, we're, we usually fall under surgery um, within the, the leadership structure. As far as, uh, is there a chief physician, anesthesiologist, CRNA that, that is leader in a leadership role? No. There, we have what's called um, a field advisory committee, the National Anesthesia Service, and they're an advisory board, which is headed by a physician, a anesthesiologist, who is a great person to work with, someone that's been, was recently taken charge and has been, has been a strong voice for collaborative practice within the VA and um, working in a very pro nurses working to their training, you know, people working to their, to their full extent of their training. So we, we, there are some very great things on the horizon for, for CRNA practice. We feel because people are listening to what's, what's happening. And I, and I certainly think that once people realize the fiscal damage that, that the current practice at a lot of facilities you know, is providing, I'm hoping, we're hoping that that message rings true, that we shouldn't have access problems anywhere in the VA from an anesthesia side ever, because we have plenty of providers. Have you thought about what would happen if you weren't able to work for two or three years? You know, on average, 25% of people will file a disability claim, and most of us aren't prepared for that loss of income. Every CRNA needs to protect their biggest asset, yourself and your ability to earn with a disability insurance policy. We recommend contacting Robert Smith, a master disability insurance specialist with more than 30 years of experience and 1,800 CRNA clients to find the coverage that fits you best. The best way to do that is to send him an email at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. That's rsmithjr at financialguide.com or call him at 504-394-6557. Why are there so many different types of models? I mean, you said some are CRNA only, some are one-to-one, some are... I mean, it seems like, to me, it would just make sense that this is the way we do it at the VA, not we do it 12 different ways at the VA. You know, it's not like Burger King. Right. Right? Have it your way. Well, it's you funny know? It's funny you say that because... <laughs> <laughs> it's, funny, it's, it's funny that you say that because they do... You know, a few years ago, we, we kind of said, why are we not all practicing the same way across the board because when people transfer they go to a whole new culture you right. know, Ooh, within yeah. the VA and everything is very very different so that's when the idea of standardizing care and that was already in their works that not just for anesthesia practice but for all provide professions they wanted to have standardized practice throughout the VA so they could go from Milwaukee to Chicago to LA yeah and just pick up and pick up and the leadership would be the same and the structure would be the same and the operating you know procedures would be the same everything would be the same and it makes a lot of sense that way um yeah 
and and as far as you know like the independent and I, I know people hate that word in the VA they hate that word independent but the CRNA only practices are often you know smaller facilities rural facilities surgery center type mm -hmm. facilities and they're doing they're thriving they're doing fine you know people patients aren't dying in droves and right and everything's actually going very very well in in those facilities well, it's amazing to me how CRNAs can give anesthesia out in the field of battle because they don't send anesthesiologists or physicians there. Uh, but when you come back, you know, home, CRNAs forget how to do anything and they need to be supervised. Well, that's because their IQ drops on the plane. Yeah, yeah. that must be what it is. Well, I on the way over, back over the ocean, man, <laughs> those IQ points just drop out over the Atlantic <laughs> on the way. And then it drops even more when you go over an arbitrary state line. Oh, yes. Didn't yes. you know that? Yeah. Well, we have, we have a, a Vanna board member that works out of a VA close to here who is a military reservist and just usually gets deployed at least once a year and he's a, and he's a forward deployed CRNA and he is part of a surgical team with him and a surgeon and and a nurse basically yeah. in the OR and then when he comes back to his VA site he is suddenly has one to one coverage for a colonoscopy wow oh for a colonoscopy my god yep wow so wow yeah, I mean, so, just, I mean, it's mm. just uh, there's it, it there's no just sense. no words. <laughs> there, there's uh, none of it makes sense. No, 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 it doesn't. And and when you talk to people in leadership, they get it. I mean, right, right. But I they've not heard. Well, that you know whose fault that is. It's ours. It's our fault, absolutely. It is. It is our fault. But we're we're changing that by leaps and bounds. Okay, so. Why would CRNAs work in the VA whenever they have to deal with it's this? It's a special population of patients. And and I grew up in the military. My father was career army. So I, I knew nothing other than a military background from that perspective. I wanted to go in the military out of anesthesia school. I did. And it, it's they are a different type mm -hmm. of patient to care for. And you want to care for these guys. And the environment there is so much different than a mm -hmm. private hospital. I was in private practice before I went to the VA. And... It's just the the population is different. The culture is different. These guys, you know, give up everything. They give up country. everything, and mm -hmm. and even when they're there, they're pushing their buddy around the hospital that needs to get to the cafeteria or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's that you don't see that at a private hospital. So the culture is different. I love working at the VA. I really do. Um, and you know, I I just wish that all VAs were structured from an anesthesia perspective in a way that people want to work there. And, yeah. and, and that's, that, that's our dream. Our dream is to have everybody working well together. You know, you know I think the, the fear mongering that goes on a lot of times is, is the fear that we're here to replace physicians. And that's not the case. It's never been the case. And that's what we, we're really trying to push home to leadership in, in DC. That's not our goal. None of that's our goal. We, there's right. not enough of us to go around to begin right. with. But why don't we allocate the resources that we have within the VA right. to be much more cost effective? Let's let's get people to the places that are, that need bodies to to perform anesthesia. And you know, it's you know, when you have sixty providers for eight operating rooms and five out of OR sites, 
you know, is it, you know, you've got plenty of people, right? Let's just figure out how we can get, eliminate things like waiting lists. Not that there, there, there's a lot of waiting lists anymore because we don't really have those anymore, but, but access to care, you know, they should be able to get into the operating room and anesthesia should not be the roadblock because we have the bodies to cover. Uh, Pierre, are there pay issues at the VA as well? That unfortunately has been, has really come to the surface um, in the last couple of years especially. We are capped um, right now to, to a bar that is well below what the private sector is paying right now. So mm. I can tell you at my facility right now, my, anybody that I work with at the VA could walk across the street to the university hospital and be making significantly more. I'm talking fifty to $90,000 more a wow. year. And so even people that love their job at the VA are thinking, it's a big nut. I love that job yeah. at the VA, but is it worth 90 grand? Right. Now, do y'all get the, the governmental benefits? And I guess where I'm going with this is you've, you work at the VA, um, can you retire earlier and you still get health care? And I say that because I've been a nurse for 38 years. Yep. Everybody that I went to school with that worked for the state are long retired. Yep. And I can't get health care. So I'm going to have to wait to retire till I get Medicare. So in my mind, you pay now, you pay later. They're done. It's and a, I still got a lot of years to go. There's definitely, a, there's definitely a benefit to working not for them. Not that many what? Years, years for to go, you to go. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to hit you. <laughs> you made it sound like a lot. It of is years, a lot know. of years whenever you got to get up at 4 15 every morning. <laughs> we digress. We Excuse us. No, no. I just had to throw that in there when you said that. But, right. but you're right. There, there, there definitely is a huge advantage, yeah. you know, to work for the VA. You, you know, and then it, you can make that extra fifty to fifty thousand dollars in right. in in, in, I, in half a year. <laughs> and I think if people are thinking long term, that that does play a role, and right. it certainly would be, you know, in my in my head. But when you're looking at at twenty somethings coming or yeah, early thirty somethings coming out with two hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars in in debt, right? And all of a sudden they can make. A significant amount more across the street sure. and get the BMW. Yeah, then you know the pension thirty years from now doesn't really. Yeah, it's a long way. It's off. a long ways. Little off. do they know how close thirty years is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and so it, it it does play a role, and it, it's like I said, from a benefits perspective, the VA is a great place to work. Yeah. Um, and. But from a pay perspective, they're really having sure. a problem right now. And, well, and didn't they just do something about that recently? There, there was there was some legislation that that passed that says we can bypass or or go above that that aggregate limit right now. Mm-hmm. But the methodology, the mechanism for making that happen, mm. still is not there. And <laughs> okay, so this was uh, uh, in name only. The uh, for now, you, you yes. got married, but you hadn't consummated the marriage. Correct. Okay. Wow. Correct. Well, I mean that. It's a big deal. Are, are people See? leaving? I mean, are you, are you seeing a shortage at the VA now of CRNAs? I can. I spoke with a couple of colleagues of mine here in the Chicago area, and one of them just told me that for. CRNAs from his from his place sure. have just recently resigned in the last few weeks yeah. for to go to 
a local hospital across the street, basically. Well, the sad thing is, even even in the VA or even in the private sector, there's always got to be some sacrificial lambs for everybody. That's the message. I mean, it it just is what it is. You know, a facility that I work in, there were CRNAs who were going to leave before upper management gets the message, we've got to deal with this problem. So those CRNAs left, uh, you know, and that's the only way the powers that be are going to get And the what message. happens is with people that work call and do extra overtime, you know, once they hit that limit, pay stops. Mm. And, oh. wow. <laughs> you know, base pay continues, but any additional pay that they don't get. And then it gets deferred. So they, no it gets it gets deferred to the next year. So socialism doesn't uh, even work in the military. Right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So then they get a big chunk in January or mm-hmm. in the next fiscal it. year, and then they pay a huge amount of tax on that. Sure. And then it just moves up that that bar sooner. Mm-hmm. So every year that this pays stays stays you know where it is oh i didn't even think about that i know you mm-hmm. did jeremy yep yep <laughs> so you know you know where i'm coming from on yep, that absolutely yeah wow so that's a big problem uh it's something that affects both recruitment certainly but but more importantly the way i look at it is retention yeah Beyond the Mask is made possible by the team at CRNA Financial Planning. With almost two decades of experience, the firm guides CRNAs through the complexities of investing and financial planning. Schedule a free consultation today by calling 855-304-3748 or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. I know the economics of this. I mean, the MDs are are scared that the CRNAs are going to take their job away. And, and we're not. And, and, but that's mm-hmm. the problem, and that's why there's so much pushback on this. And I get it. I mean, if you can, I'm sure the anesthesiologists are making more than the CRNAs are. Um, and, and they should. I mean, they're MDs. They, they should. But they also, from my understanding, have a pretty cush position for the most part, um, especially if you're one-to-one. Um, and there's an inherent problem there. I'm sure that they have developed ways to influence that system as well. Right. And in, a lot of this is university-based driven, university-driven. Yeah. And, you know, and, and a lot of universities want their longtime faculty to spend the last few years in a VA system because it takes five years to become eligible for a pension. Oh, there you go. Always comes back to money. Uh Uh, always comes back to money you know uh, (laughs) what is it Um, the answer is always money what was the question (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly so what can we do to improve this situation well what 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 we've done is that you know from from the the membership for us right now from Havana's perspective getting the knowledge out there for the CRNAs to understand that why is it important to support a standardized care practice care within the VA? Why is it important for CRNAs to be able to practice to their full training within a VA system? It's important because it trickles down. Mm -hmm. And what the feds do sort of always kind of sets the standard for what what the the rest of the country ends up doing. And I, I was on the board of nursing for in Wisconsin for eight years. And when this stuff came down, few years ago for the NP practice, I, you know, we were, we, you know, all of a sudden it opened up doors for us to, to change law and change mm-hmm. rule. And, and in Wisconsin that this is a, this is a, 
you know, we we're waiting. We we're waiting for these things. And mm -hmm. legislation came through, started, was, was being developed as, as we spoke, right, as that was happening. Of course, when we, the CRNAs got left out, created problems <laughs> for us there too. But um, I, I truly think it's a matter of time um, mm -hmm. within the VA. And, and you know, that's one thing that we learned working in the VA, that things don't move very quick. I was going to say, nothing happens quickly. Nothing happens quickly, and you have to be patient, and you have to be persistent, and you have to be positive. And you have to be part of the solution. That's is there is there an adversarial relationship there to Peter? I mean, is it you know because in some facilities, I mean, you know, the CRNAs and, and anesthesiologists work very well together, but it's outside that there's this adversarial relationship. Is there any adversarial relationships in the VAs? We you know we about? hear about these about about that. Yeah, uh, you know, and and I you know I and I can go through even where where I work. It's very collegial. I mean, we yeah. we, we work well together. Yeah, I, we, you know where, where I do, but I do know that it happens. It happens. I yep. do know that several people in my department signed off on pretty some pretty ugly letters. That I was like, really, you signed that? I in my in my own head, I'm it's like, wow, right. Right. But you know, so, but yeah, you're right. It's sort of on the on the outside of that. Mm -hmm. um, but I do. I, we have heard of, of retaliation as well at other sites, um, and it goes on. We we know it does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, has done. We do surveys every couple of years to kind of get a pulse of the VA, and 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 we you know we we ask about that. You know, what's what's your relationships like? Has it been retaliation? Do you feel threatened? Um, and that that has that has definitely increased since all of this in the last few years. Sure. Mm. So, what can CRNAs out there who are listening help out in this situation? I think y'all have got something, friends. We we absolutely we have a we have a program. So, you know, we're we're an organization outside of the AANA. Mm -hmm. We're not part of the AANA now and a not part of our budget and not part of your budget but and we do give a lot of resources to you guys we support you yes, heavily yes and that has that has been a, a positive thing in the in the last few years from a marketing perspective and from access to to things for us and has really has really been a huge benefit um but but if you think about where your AANA dues go you know a lot of that goes to the state right and right and the states are great, but they're not the VA. They don't represent the VA. They represent the states. So right. that money, a lot of people within the VA feel is wasted. Mm. So, you know, I, I would venture to bet that, that many VA CRNAs are not members of AANA. Hmm. And we, we, we estimate that number to be 30% potentially. Wow. Of the ACRNAs that are not members because of that alone. Because of that reason. So we're, we've been working outside. So how do we, how do we boost, how do we get that to happen? And so we've, you know, we have this program called Friends of, Friends of Havana. And a lot of the state organizations have been donating fairly regularly to our budget to help us with travel expenses. And we have an um, association management company that is not free. And, and that has really helped us pay for all of those things and individuals and have reached out and do, have donated money. And that really that has kept us afloat from a, having an association management company that we were all doing on our own up until a few years ago mm. um, has been tremendous. And, yeah. and we've got some pretty steady members. And I have to shout out to PANA, the Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah 
organization who has unbelievably uh, well supported us over the last nice. few years to basically cover half of our association management fees. Oh, wow. Nice. And and so I you know I'm, I'm who's your association management firm by chance? Is it Peggy? Yes. Blankenship. Yep. Okay. She's awesome. Yes. You're very lucky. Yeah, and and so we we were really fortunate from from a Pana perspective and yep. from and from a Friends of Amana and that 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 program has just continued to to get better year over year. So we feel that we're in a in a good fiscal perspective, and then we we feel that that we're representing our members in DC. We have, there are three CRNAs right now that have been detailed that work out of, not out of DC, but but are detailed there on a, on a right. at least a halftime perspective um, with, a, with another one just starting this week, um, which we've never had a CRNA anywhere in DC. Wow. That's uh, great. Three years ago. And now we've got three. Nice. Yeah. So we're there. We're at the table. People yep. hear from us. They know what we are. They know who we are. And um, that's been yeah, that's been huge for us. That is huge. Sharon, what do you say? If you're not at the table, you're on the menu. On the menu. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Peter, this has been great. As we kind of wrap up, anything you want to conclude on and get across to our, our listeners? Just when you see people from Havana, we're, we're, we're at all the meetings. Um, you know, consider consider where we are and what we're doing and what we're what what our end goals are. And our end goals basically is to have CRNAs within the VA practicing to their full level of training. Now, that does not mean that we're not going to work together with physicians. You know, that's not what we're saying. What, right. we're, what we're saying is, don't say I can't do that. You know, don't say I can't put in a central line or I can't put in a, a regional block because I'm a CRNA. I'm you know, I run a program. I know we're training our students to do those mm-hmm. things. So they're trained to do this. So let's, let's let them do that and, and, and improve that access to care. And we're not doing this at the expense of physician positions. We're just saying, let's make this better. We can do better. Yep. Uh, we can do better by the taxpayer. We can do better for our veterans. Absolutely. The only victim is the be- veteran if we don't do this. Yep. Yeah. But, well, that and the taxpayer. So. Right. Yep. Peter, thank you for being on. Well, thanks for today. having me. We appreciate it. Thank you for your service and all thank you, you do Absolutely. for the CRNA community. And um, so if our listeners want to be able to give to Havana, I'm sure there's a website. VACRNA.com. VACRNA.com. And, you know, as Peter said, and we all know, as the VA goes, so goes everything. So yep. uh, CRNAs out there, maybe if you feel inclined, go to that website and shoot them some money. Awesome. Thank you very much. Sharon, I think it's a wrap. I think so. Well, if people like our show, Sharon, and want to help us out, what can they do to help us grow? Well, the best way to help us grow is to leave us a review, but make it positive. Five we all stars. know there's <laughs> enough negativity in this world. Absolutely. We're in the top 50 medical podcasts in the country on the way to number... Number one, just like we are in the CRNA community. We're the number one podcast for CRNAs. Yes, we are. And we'd like to thank all of our listeners for putting us there. Absolutely. We couldn't do it without them so no, we could and we not. couldn't bring great people like peter in and absolutely. get the word out either so absolutely until next time it's a wrap
As a CRNA, you spend years preparing yourself for this career, so we don't want to see you lose out on any of the income you've worked so hard to earn. The best way to protect yourself and give you the confidence that a major life event won't disrupt your financial future is through disability insurance. We've known disability income specialist Robert Smith for many years and have seen the work he's done with nearly 2,000 CRNAs over multiple decades. He can help identify any gaps in your existing coverage and fill those gaps by finding the best value on a policy. Contact Robert and let him know you heard about him on our podcast. Send him an email at rsmithjr at financialguide.com. That's rsmithjr at financialguide.com. Or call him at 504-394-6557. Protect your greatest asset as a CRNA, yourself and your ability to earn a living by adding disability insurance to your financial plan. Today's show is brought to you by the folks at CRNA Financial Planning, an independent consulting firm that offers financial planning services exclusively to CRNAs and their families. From planning for a child's future college expenses to building a predictable income stream in retirement, the firm is committed to offering you comprehensive financial services, customized to fit your unique needs and objectives. If you have questions about your financial future, get them answered. Call the team at 855-304-3748. That's 855-304-3748. Or go online to crnafinancialplanning.com. Hi, this is Jackie Rolls, President of the International Federation of Nurse Anesthetists and President and Founder of Our Hearts, Your Hands, a global anesthesia support community that takes donations to allow nurse anesthetists in low and middle income countries to go to educational programs, buy equipment or textbooks. Your donations are tax deductible and we would appreciate your support. OSA EMR is a free anesthesia EMR developed by CRNAs that you can download and use on an iPad. Our nonprofit mission is to make sure that solo and small practice CRNAs can digitally record their anesthetics. To learn more, visit OSAEMR.com to download and consider donating to our cause. Remember, for CRNAs, data is destiny. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you like to listen to shows. Also, be sure to check out beyondthemaskpodcast.com. Each episode is posted there with a corresponding blog post, and we timestamp important parts of the episode to help you quickly get to the content you're looking for. Also, check out the special series section on the site. You can follow along and catch up on the CRNA History Series, episodes specifically about political conversations in the industry, or try the CRNA Personal Finance Series. It's all on beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And if you have a question for the show or want to be a guest or even suggest a particular topic, fill out the contact form on the site or send an email directly to us at info at beyondthemaskpodcast.com. And lastly, let's take the conversation social. Check out our Beyond the Mask podcast Facebook page and Facebook group.